But it's great to be with you this morning. I just want to also welcome back uh, Pastor Jim and my mother, uh, Kathy. We weren't expecting them this morning at all. We hope they had a nice time on holiday. Um, I think they are still in holiday mode, even though they are here, so don't pester them with church business today. Uh, I think he's back in the office on Tuesday, so just give him time to reacclimatize from the Mallorcan sunshine uh, to the sunny Scottish rain. That will not be the case on Wednesday when the barbecue takes place, but you'll hear more about that after the church this morning. But it's an honor to get to share with you this morning, and if you know this year, we've been looking at the theme of stretching and strengthening. If you're watching online, you might have never tuned in. We would love to see you join us in person. I know Heather said at the start, come 11 a.m., but also come on Wednesday as well. But this year, like, I was thinking about how we could prepare this morning, and this year we're looking at stretching and strengthening, and really, in June, we were kind of roughly looking at this idea of mission or purpose, and last week I got to preach on Esther a little bit, and this morning I... I'm going to preach a message that I don't really have a title for, hence why it's not on the, the screen. But anyone who knows me knows that I like movies. Like, I actually, with some of my friends, we have this thing called Movie Club. Um, I, I'm not quite up to date because there's movies I've not watched because I've wa- not watched all of the rings. But each week we watch movies from this poster that Gary has. I'm doing better than others. Some are way behind. Um, I'm doing pretty well, to be fair. Yeah, that's it. Put your hands up if you're miles behind. But we watch movies, and I was thinking about this morning, and... One of the movies that's not on the list and like, is a movie called Mission Impossible. Now, Mission Impossible is like a movie series. Like, and to be honest, it's now just like, how can we make Tom Cruise do some cool stuff, to be honest. Like, it's just, like, that just seems to be what Mission Impossible has become. But in the movie, if you've never seen it, I mean, they're all right. They're not quite James Bond, but like, they're, they're all right. But part of the start of the, the movie is they get a little kind of video thing and it says... This is your mission, should you choose to accept it. And he gets these instructions from his boss, and then it says, this message will now self-destruct in five seconds. And it kind of goes, Phew. And, um, and he'll get them at random times. He'll get them on airplanes. He'll get them on, like, just random stuff. Because, like, like I said, they just want to do cool stuff. But it's like, this is your mission, should you choose to accept it. And I was thinking about this morning, what I could share, and I believe that the Bible had this mission impossible moment where Jesus spoke to his disciples and said, this is your mission, should you choose to accept it? And it's in Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20, and it's a fairly well-known part of the Bible, if you know it, and if you don't, I'll read it for you. But to give context, what's happened is Jesus has had these disciples, he's kind of trained them for like three, three and a half years, so to speak. They've followed him, they've disabled him. Jesus has then died on the cross. He's been resurrected to life, which is amazing. Sets us free. But this comes this point where he's now going back to heaven before he comes back again. He's not came back yet. Um, but he's, we're a day closer than we were yesterday. And we're a week closer than we were last week. And he's given these instructions to these disciples, these, these fishermen, these cooks, these shepherds, these people who have followed him. Like, this is your mission, should you choose to accept it. And he says this, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Now, thankfully, that message didn't self-destruct like the one in the movie. But Jesus gives this 
mission impossible. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he continues it to say, you will be my, you'll receive the empowerment of the Holy Spirit if you wait in Jerusalem, which is Pentecost we celebrated a few weeks ago. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And I'll be honest, when I was thinking about this message, it really looks like that's mission impossible. These, I mean, to put into context, up to this point, they all ran away. Jesus died on the cross, and these, there's nothing to suggest up to this point that these people, these men and women, would actually be capable of doing anything. This is mission impossible. I mean, I, I don't really like the term Mission Impossible for the movies because the mission doesn't ever seem that impossible, if I'm being honest. It never actually seems impossible. I mean, impossible would be like you need to go to Pluto and come back. You know what I mean? It's like it's, that's impossible. Whereas the missions, whereas this seems like Mission Impossible. How could these bunch of people really be God's witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth? They're a bunch of misfits. Men and women, I mean, they're fishermen, they're housewives, they're cooks, they're cleaners, they're doctors, they're people from all walks of life, and yet they're given this mission by Jesus that you will be. And I just felt like this morning, last week, I asked the question about maybe, who knows, you were put on this earth for this purpose, for this moment. Maybe that's why you are here. And I guess my question this morning is, that I believe God's asking all of us is, this is your mission, should you choose to accept it? You see, we can quit the mission or we can grow into the mission. We can stretch into it. And so what happens is the, the way in the, I'm giving an overview of the book of Acts here because we've just read it, so you should have known all of this if you're following your Bible readings. But basically what happens is it starts in Jerusalem and they receive the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and all of a sudden these misfits just begin to talk about Jesus with a confidence and a clarity and a boldness. They tell people and people who they were once terrified of, there's just a boldness that came upon them to talk about Jesus. The only issue is it got trapped in Jerusalem. They didn't go anywhere. Jesus gave them the mission impossible that you're going to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. But it gets trapped in Jerusalem. So then Jesus brings in the Roman Empire, and they just begin to like persecute the Christians. They begin to get beat up for being a Christian. You begin to get arrested for being a Christian, and they face a choice, and I'm sure some of them, it was too much for them. I guarantee there'd be some of them who were like, you know what, I'm done with this, I'm not. And, but some of these disciples, these men and women, there was something in them that thought, well, do you know what? We're just gonna get out of Jerusalem, because we're gonna move into Judea. And so therefore this mission impossible started to get a bit of momentum. That thing that seemed slightly impossible at the start, because how could these bunch of people ever do anything? They were quite useless. I could imagine they were pretty incompetent at doing lots of things. They probably argued, but all of a sudden it's moving from Jerusalem to Judea and it's starting to build a bit of momentum. But then guess what happens? <laughs> it gets stuck in Judea. <laughs> So guess what? God begins to move things around and he begins to stretch them. And again, they could have quit. They could have just said, you know what? And I'm sure some of them probably did. But what that then allowed them to do was, well, we have to get out of Judea. So that began to spread into Samaria. And eventually, if we read the Bible and we read through the book of Acts, and then we, there's a guy called Paul who then gets involved, who once was persecuting the church, and now he starts to become a Christian. And I mean, Paul's incredible. I mean, he's one of the, probably my character in the Bible I would love to like spend time with but at the same time not really I'd just like to interview him <laughs> like I wouldn't want to travel with him I would just interview you we'll do a podcast Paul you can just come and podcast and that'll be fine 
But in Philippians, the book of Philippians chapter 4, he writes about, I give greetings and I pray for you, even those who are in Caesar's household. Why? Because at the start of this mission impossible, it's a bunch of misfits in Jerusalem and in a room probably much smaller than this one, maybe slightly bigger, crammed in. But by the end of the book of Acts or into Philippians, we find that the, the most prominent household in all of planet earth in that moment, there are people who believe in Jesus. You see, Paul had this desire within him. If you read Paul's writings, he was desperate to get to Rome because he understood that Rome is a vehicle, it's a man-made vehicle, but Rome dictates everything on planet earth. So if I can get the gospel to Rome, hey, the gospel could go everywhere. I've said before, I love the quote from the guy who says, I am Rome and everywhere I step foot is Rome. But like, what an amazing statement. But what I meant is if we could just get the gospel, if we could get this Jesus into Rome, then it could spread to everywhere because everywhere he goes is Rome. So if I can get Jesus connected with Rome, then everywhere he goes, Jesus goes. And it begins to spread. And all of a sudden, this mission impossible because they're empowered by the Holy Spirit and say, do you know what? We're willing to accept this mission. It just begins to spread. It seems like mission impossible. It wasn't easy. It was incredibly hard work. There were times where they probably felt and probably knew, and many of them did know, that this is going to cost me my life. This, is, this, is, this isn't going to end so well for me on this earth, but they strive towards the glory that comes from knowing that I'm empowered to do mission impossible. You know, there's many things that I'm capable of doing, but like painting and housework and things like that, is, it's a struggle for me. It's not lack of desire. Sometimes it is, if I can't be bothered. But like, I work hard at it. I'm just not very good. So that can be like mission impossible for me. But I was thinking about this and I actually realized there's only one thing that seems like impossible. And that is to actually get this. There's only one mission impossible that really matters and that is to try and get this good news of Jesus to as many people as we possibly can. You see, the, the book of Acts is called the Acts of the Apostle. and It's, it's quite cheesy, but I'm going to say it anyway. But it's got 28 chapters, and we've not quite finished it yet. We'll finish it this week. But you'll notice at the end of chapter 28, there's no amen. There's no stop. Because the Acts of the Apostles, you'll only stop being recorded in that book. They didn't stop happening. And actually, we are a continuation. How do I know that Mission Impossible is still being outworked? Because I don't live in Jerusalem. I don't live in Judea. And I don't live in Samaria. Yeah, I know the good news that Jesus is my Savior, that I've given my lifetime. So I know the apostles, I know that they followed this mission impossible because I received the good news of Jesus, and so did you. But now the, 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 the lot falls to us. This is your mission, should you choose to accept it. I don't know what impossible looks like for you, but I'm looking around a room and I know, I'm sorry if you don't live in Ayrshire. I'm sorry mainly because Ayrshire's the best place to live. But in, in South Ayrshire, here's some statistics. I was actually shocked at these. We're tiny. But in, in South Ayrshire, there's 100, and this was according to Google, so again, I can't, there's probably updated figures. I mean, the figures worked out kind of perfectly, so it's, I'm sure it's not, you know that way, when, whenever someone gives you a figure and it's an exact zero or an exact five, probably not true. But in South Ayrshire, it says there's 112,500 people in South Ayrshire. In North Ayrshire, the big one, there's 135,280 people who live there. See what I mean by it? it's always exact zeros. 
And in East Asia, there's 121,840 people. I mean, I mean, that sounds like a huge, I mean, that's a huge amount of people. And I don't know if you saw, but I looked at the, like over the weekend, you might have seen clips like of Glastonbury, because that's the big music festival that's on, and you just see thousands, I mean, it's, it's frightening. I mean, it's terrifying how many people are there. But I look at that, and I think there's still a lot of want. I mean, for me, that looks like mission impossible. Because there are hundreds of thousands of people who don't know Jesus. And, there's, and there can be a million and one reasons why we don't. There can be opposition. It can be terrifying. It could be that time I tried, and it just went back in my face. Or we can, but I believe that Jesus wanted to call each of us to say, like, this is our mission impossible. This is your mission. Should you be willing to accept it? You know, we play football on a Monday night, and I believe that for all of us, that it doesn't matter your ability. If you're available, come and play on a Monday night. And we started that kind of almost a year ago. I think it was about August last year. I'm looking at Callum and Gary because they will keep me right. But it was about August, September time last year, I think. And we play on a Monday night, and we play most weeks. There's some weeks, I'll be honest, though, we don't get enough players and we have to cancel, and that's rubbish because I like playing football. But it's been, it's been challenging at times. Sometimes it costs us money. Sometimes it hurts for like weeks afterwards because you get kicked a lot, normally by me. I'm just kidding. Um, but it's only my muscles are hurt and it aches. And sometimes, I'll be honest, there's been times where I think, what is the point of this? Why are we even doing it? But, and, and sadly, last week we, we had to cancel because like, loads of people were away and things were on. And it was one of those weeks where I thought, that was a bit of a sucker punch. But this week, I was told by someone who I'm not going to mention the name. But I was told this week that there was a conversation with one of the guys who comes to football, not with me. And he was talking to one of the guys in our church who comes to football. And he just says, I've been watching your church online. Sometimes. And, uh, and he was just talking away about it. And now when we first met him, his first words were, whenever we talked to him, it was like, I'm not religious. And I'm like, we've never once forced them to come. But, and do you know what it done for my soul and my spirit? Because I was like, it's mission impossible. But if Jesus is here and I can just move them a tiny bit closer to Jesus, that's how momentum begins to start. And I'm believing that before we're a year out, before we're he, I'm believing that that guy is going to be the first fruit of that ministry. Why in mission impossible? And um, and we can't, and it's Jesus who does it, and I'm thankful for the guys who play, but it's just, and it's that little seed of, I watched your church online. And the reality is, all we do is, we try and, win the, we try and play football, we try and win football, but Jesus is on his case. Because our job is that Jesus is, the Bible promises that Jesus is building his church, and the gates of fear will not prevail against it. It doesn't say they won't try, it doesn't say that they won't, like, come at you, but what it says, it will not prevail against him. That his kingdom is advancing, and I'm believing that that guy's future in Jesus is going to be greater than anything. I'm believing for the fruits of that. I'm believing that he is then going to become a disciple who's then going to go out, and he's going to go to where he comes from, and God's kingdom's going to be extended. And, and it, this, these statistics that seem so massive, and they are, there's something that's just going to shift, and one by one, if each of us to say, you know what, this is my mission. I'm choosing to accept it. We do football, but I'm believing that it doesn't have to be just through a ministry church. It's just through our lives. It's through a, an openness to say, Jesus, use me. 
If I've got a house, I'm going to invite people to my house. If I've got a car, I'm going to use my car. If it could be coffee, it could be just through conversation. It could be, but I'm believing that if we, if we just open ourselves to Jesus to say, Jesus, I, I'm honestly, this is what I have. I mean, we started football because I want to reach souls for Jesus, but I like football. That's my thing. I don't know what your thing is, but if you've got a thing, just say, do you know what? God, I could use this for my gain because I could have set up football to just play with my friends if I wanted to. But I'm like, Jesus, I'm, I've got this. This is the gift I have, God, but I'm just giving it to you. God, use it for your glory. Use it to try and help us win souls because I'm choosing to accept my place in this mission impossible. Because I'm believing that God's got a plan for Ayrshire. I believe that, that the place we live in is a Jerusalem, but I'm believing that God has got plans for us to not just be Jerusalem, but actually we can have an impact all across, not just Ayrshire, but even Scotland and even across the United Kingdom and across Europe. Why? Because I believe that God is calling us to our mission impossible. But the reality is my Bible also promises that all things are possible with God. I love that song by Hillsong from years ago, Darling Check, All Things Are Possible. Da-na-na-na, all things are possible. <laughs> It's a great song. Why? Because, I mean, it's so cheesy. You see the videos and I'm just like, oh, that's embarrassing. The church was like that. But at the time, it was amazing because that's just like what was cool. But nowadays, it's like, oh, that's cringe. But see the spirit of them that's just say, all things are possible. But I believe that with God, all things are possible. And so I know that my God is able to save Ayrshire. I know that these... I know that my God is able to save every single one of these lives, but he's looking for you and I to be his witnesses. And so my challenge to you this morning, like last week, because who knows, maybe just maybe you've been put in this little part of the world in this tiny corner of Scotland for such a time as this. I'm not going to tell you what God's plan for your life is because that's between you and God, but I know that he calls us to make disciples and what an incredible privilege that we have. So I believe that as we're empowered by his spirit that we can be his people. And I'm believing that for each of us, there are ministries, there are ideas, there are missions inside of us, and there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs. There's going to be times we feel like quitting, and there's going to be times where it feels like all the gates of hell are coming against us. But I want to encourage you, if you're in that season, or when you're in that season, they will not prevail. So we just have to persevere and keep going. Why? Because even in the movie with Tom Cruise, he has ups and downs and ups and downs, but everything works out all right. And I believe that if we embrace this mission and are stretched in this season, that God has got a plan to see Ayrshire transform and that he can use us for his glory, and that I believe that people can look at it from the outside, and they'll just see Jesus. That there are people in our lives that we're even thinking of right now, and I'm going to pray in a moment, that we're believing for, that they'll be standing next to us, saying, I stand on the chain-breaking, miracle-making, powerful name of Jesus. That God is, I believe that God is going to use us to do something so incredible that we can't take any credit for it whatsoever. That as we use our giftings, as we come with what we have and say, God, here it is in your hands. I'm accepting my place in Mission Impossible. I'm going to do whatever it takes. When opposition comes, I'm going to persevere. And if it means I have to spread wider and I have to stretch, then stretch me, God. And I'm not going to promise it's going to be easy. I'm not going to be promised it's going to be times you don't want to quit, like I'm sure these disciples did. But I'm believing that there are, I'm believing that, So I'm not, I'm not, claiming to be a prophet in any way, shape, or imagination, but I believe there was something in it when I was reading and preparing for this, what it says that even those in Caesar's household, I'm believing that, they, that Jesus will be spoke about loud in our businesses, in our schools, in our local governments, in our 
like in our hospitals and every area of influence in our society that the name of Jesus because people like you and I become mobilized to just carry that name and say do you know what I'm taking my place in your mission God and I'm embracing my part in Mission Impossible and I'm believing that this little corner of our little nation in terms of a global scale that there'll just be something about the name of Jesus that is so powerful that there'll be darkness will have to flee and light will invade that we will see Schools transformed, neighborhoods transformed, streets transformed, communities transformed in the powerful and precious name of Jesus. And I believe my challenge for us all is that we will embrace the mission impossible, that we won't look at it and think, oh no, what could I possibly offer? But just like David, that little boy that I shared, will just come and say, do you know what, this is all I've got. I'm coming with the name of Jesus and that's enough. And so I just want to pray this morning for each of us that God is moving in us and that God will just stir something in us to dream, to believe that he can, to know that he can, because I've seen it in my life. And if he can do it for me, then he can do it for everyone that we care about. So the worship team can come, and I'm just going to close. And I just want to pray for us all. But then I just want to pray for our, our communities that we will just see a move of God happen as this church is mobilized. And Father God, I thank you for every person in here. Father God, I thank you that you have a plan and that you have a purpose for their life. Father God, that you call us to do the impossible, but not in our own strength or in our own might, but in your name and by your spirit. Father God, I believe that you're going to use each person here to make disciples and to spread your name far and wide. Father God, that in every sphere of influence in our life, Father God, we will be light carriers. Father God, that we'll be peace carriers, that we'll be hope carriers in the name of Jesus. Father God, I pray, Father, for everyone who's, it feels like the gates of hell are coming right against them. Father God, I pray right now that in the name of Jesus, they will stand strong, that they will remain steadfast to this mission that you call us to. Father God, I thank you that you have a plan for each person. Father God, I thank you for airship. Father God, I thank you that you blessed us, that you put us here in this beautiful part of the world, Father God, that you placed us here for your purpose for such a time as this. And Father God, I thank you for each person Father God, that we'll come with what we have and we'll combine it with your name. Father God, that we'll see the fruits, Father God, of what we've served and what we've worked so hard for. Father God, that every struggle we've went through, every disappointment, every pain that we've felt, every Father God, will be worth it as we begin to see souls transformed and your kingdom extended. Father God, we thank you that you're building your church. Father God, we thank you that you're including us in your plan. But Father God, I just pray for every person that as we carry the name of Jesus to our families, as we carry it this week into our workplaces, Father God, that even as this Wednesday as we look towards this barbecue, that this will be an atmosphere where we radiate the name of Jesus so loud. Father God, that there will be people that we've invited, Father God, that the people that we've extended invites to, Father God, who will come and they'll just catch something of the presence of you. Father God, that we will then be able to have conversations and introduce you to the conversation. Father God, and most importantly, we'll be able to introduce people to you that will make disciples, Father God, give us wisdom on how to do that, Father God, so that we can release more people, Father God, so that in our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, in North Asia, South Asia, and East Asia, Father God, that your name will be glorified and that your kingdom will come. Father God, we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen.